Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Do you like the great outdoors? Are you or are you looking to be a master bow hunter, king of the hill in archery? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bow Hunter Planet. It's the Bow Hunter Planet podcast, recorded live in the BHP Studios, Detroit, Michigan, with your host, Team BHP. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of the Bowhunter Planet podcast. I have myself, James Nopum, with Kevin Conlon, Bob McGee, and Chris McGee, and we have Stephen Fuller from The Hunting Grounds. How's it going, Stephen? Is it Stephen or Steve? I don't want to be too formal. You can call whatever you want. Let's we'll call you Steve. Let's, uh, let's go with Steven. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I, I get called. It's just anything. You know, back at college, Stephen was too long, so people said Steve is good. So whatever you want to do. Yeah. So, uh, Tell, tell our listeners a little bit about the hunting grounds if, if they haven't heard about you. Tell them what they uh, can Well, uh, we're basically just an online show. You know, that's what I've started out as. I, I just claimed it to be a semi-live online hunting show, and we wanted to take the online kind of sector by storm. And uh, so we produce weekly content. It's anything and everything kind of to do with our outdoor lifestyle. So being semi-live um, as we're kind of in the off-season like we are right now we're now starting to do prescribed burns and timber stand improvement and working on frost seeding and we'll get into food plots and then we do semi-live turkey hunts and then we do summer management and then we get into the semi-live deer hunts and it's non-stop so whatever we're doing here on the hunting grounds is stuff that hopefully can be out applicable to our viewers out there you know they can go man that's no more than a week old i can do exactly what Mm -hmm. they are doing on their hunting grounds on my own hunting grounds so um that's basically what we do we're on uh, facebook and youtube and instagram's our main thing and then of course our website as well yeah you guys have a huge following and the videos are very informative and i mean if you're you know i I think what you do is 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 try to show people how to uh manage a little bit of smaller hunting property you know and that's basically what we most of us have we don't have a 2500 acre lot in iowa we got 40 yeah. acres in michigan acres, five hours <laughs> pay five acres yeah. if we're lucky so it's yeah. really cool well, actually um this sunday we kind of celebrate the eight year anniversary of when i first put my first youtube video out there and that was kind of what i was hoping to do with it i was just like i was so frustrated that every single kind of management show that's out there has tons of money to throw into management they've got the biggest highest end equipment and then they have Mm -hmm. you know two thousand plus acres and that kind of management just doesn't work for what i'm trying to do on five acres or a hundred acres whatever it is in between there and so that was how i started off i said you know what if if i help one person i can show people how to grow and hold deer and have better hunting on at that time I was kind of working my family's 15 acres, then I'm going to do it. And so there's just a lot of different management styles and techniques that you um, kind of have to use to 
hold deer on smaller property and kind of keep it unpressured and everything else. Oh, definitely. That's a lot of good information. Yeah, and we're st- we're scrolling through your website as we're going here, and is 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 that your truck? Oh, yeah, that's um, probably the old truck that's on there. I've got a different truck now, but yeah, I do have a fully wrapped truck. And, yeah, that's pretty yeah. sweet. Not gonna lie, we, we got to do that hey, here. It's, it's not just a show truck. It's it's used for off road. It's it's scratched and dinged and muddy 99% of the time, but. <laughs> nice. That was very cool. So I'm here with a bunch of other guys. You guys got any questions? They're just sitting there. Are you guys getting ready for turkey hunting? They're, I just said that because they were giving me crap because they said I didn't talk enough. <laughs> yeah. I put them on the spot. Are you getting ready for turkey? Yo, yeah. That's, I'm, um. I made up with it already. It's sad because when one season ends, I'm already like I'm already in Ten the zone for ahead. next season. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> I am ready for turkey season. I've been you know monitoring my trail cameras. I've kind of frost seeded. I've, I'm kind of getting out there. I put some feeders out to start getting some turkeys in rotation mm-hmm. back on my property because where I'm at in the Ozark Hill Country, like I've I've got a lot of timber in some fields, but most of my fields are kind of native grasses and so they're usually taller grass <clears throat> fields that way the deer and stuff can bed and everything they have to cover and so usually this time of year all my turkeys during the winter they all go north mm-hmm. and they're up in the they're up in the flat cattle fields and the areas where they feel a lot more protected you know they can see a lot further and then as spring starts getting closer they all move back down to my property because i've got that i've got the food and i've got the nesting and so mm-hmm. put up the trail camera what Two weeks ago, I hadn't had a turkey on my property all deer season, and I just had like seven or eight long beards in one nice. plot at a time the other day. So I'm pretty pumped about that because when I started that place, there wasn't a turkey to be seen, and that was three years ago. And uh, last year, I was able to harvest my first turkey, had a pretty good turkey population on it. And then so far, looking at this year, we've almost tripled or at least doubled in size uh, with the amount of turkeys on it. What, what size property are you working with for them turkeys right now? I've got a hundred acres of my own now. And, and are you getting cooperation from your neighbors? Is everybody kind of uh, buying in? Like, are you QDA? You know, doing a quality deer management, QDM, and all that. Um, I'm not set up with Quality Deer Management Association or anything like that. But I do, you know, work in conjunction with my landowners. When I purchased that property, that was like a huge selling point for me. Was I looked at the neighboring properties. And I kind of got to know them and to see if that property was hunted or if they were hunters or if I could kind of hunt their property or say I'm hunting it and basically just kind of leave it alone and kind of be a sanctuary area. Um, So I've got a really sweet setup there where every side of me pretty much except uh, the north section pretty much is untouched by hunting um, because I either hunt it or – they don't hunt and they don't allow anybody to hunt. So I've got a really nice setup there, to be yeah, honest. That is nice. Is it pretty rural? I mean, you you like, I, I'm not really, you're in Arkansas, right? Um, I'm actually in southwest Missouri is where my property is at. I'm okay. 15, 15 minutes from northwest Arkansas, um, you know, the line there. But it's, it's semi-rural. I mean, where my house is located in the middle of the property I'm my closest neighbor as at least as a crow flies is a half mile. And then the next one is, you know, a mile. So there's not anybody really that close around there, but 
there are people around for sure. Oh, that's pretty good. Now, what though. species of turkey are you guys hunting down there? We have pure easterns. Uh, okay, yeah, so they're straight just easterns. Full yeah. eastern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're a different kind of bird to hunt for sure. Because I, we didn't have any birds growing up when I was in Northwest Arkansas. We just there wasn't a huntable turkey population there, so you didn't have a hunting season for turkeys. And so, you know, for the last probably seven years or so i've really been hunting turkeys and i got started just doing public land hunts out in kansas and mm-hmm. you know these are completely different birds different than kind of birds. some of the hybrids yeah that i'm hunting even out in kansas but i definitely enjoy it there's just something else it's really different when you get the you know not have a turkey population on your property build that population up and then be able to harvest your first one on it it's it's very rewarding i would take that over any turkey i've killed anywhere that's kind of the same situation in Michigan. We didn't have a lot of turkeys no. uh, when I was younger or even not that long ago. And now they're it's, everywhere. You, it's exploded, <laughs> man. We got them in yeah, the city. Yeah, within the last 10 uh-huh. years. Yeah, and I didn't start hunting them until probably, what, three years ago? And I'm yep. like, yeah, this can't be that exciting. I'm like, they're birds. <laughs> and then I remember Pulling I was just up blowing it, and all of a sudden these two toms just come down. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm shaking. Fever, like, man. Yeah, what fever. the heck? <laughs> this is pretty cool. Yeah, I even I hunt in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and there's, like, wolves and stuff up there. And uh, I never saw turkeys up there. And lately I've been seeing turkeys up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's pretty incredible, and especially as hard as the winters are up there. Yeah. Celebrating the rich tradition of bow hunting for over 31 years, Vanguard is proud to be the official optic and hunting pack of Bowhunter Planet. They're, they're last, they're, there's more turkey than deer now, unfortunately. <laughs> so so how, how is your deer population down there? Uh, we have a pretty good deer population, to be honest. Uh, it's it's definitely grown I'll, I'll just you know referencing you know to my property it's grown a ton in three years <clears throat> because when i got that place you know i went and threw my spy points up like all over the thing and i was like all right we'll see this is this is a rural area i just bought this place there's going to be some moss back monster bucks out here mm-hmm. and uh, you know i think i caught some forked horns and spikes and like a couple does <laughs> on it and that was it and i was like you gotta be kidding me um but now you know I've probably almost tripled the amount of deer that are using my property. Mm-hmm. As far as the general area, we've got a lot of uh, a lot of deer. You know, we're in the Ozark Hill Country, so they don't get <clears throat> super big because we don't have all the agricultural fields around. But um, you know, they they definitely do get pretty big in some areas. I mean, there, there's always some 200 inches around because there's big blocks of huge timber that they can get up in there and they can grow old and you know, reach their potential, but for the most part, it's a lot of smaller land, too, you know, around here. That's one thing people don't understand is if somebody has, like, around me, if somebody has 100 acres, that's a lot of land. For the most part, growing up, you know, it was like, you know, even 15 acres was a lot of land to me back then, and so you have a 15-acre lot, and you have, you know, 10 other 15-acre lots that actually touch yours, and everybody hunts. The deer don't get a chance to get real big. Right. You said you're in the southeast section of Missouri? Uh, uh, southwest. Southwest. Yep, southwest corner. So just what would you, like, if somebody has a, a small piece of property, just, I mean, I know you can't get into everything, but what would be some of the main points you would say that people need to start doing to get deer to start coming to their property and holding them on that property? What would be your main 
suggestions? Your go-tos. Well, I get that question asked a lot, and it's always really hard to answer that because people look to me for like, hey, here's my property, give me answers. And I was like, man, it's so hard yeah. if you can't get boots on the ground. Right. Uh, see what the timber is like, see what the grass is and yeah. stuff like. Yeah, even aerial photos only do so much. But I always tell them right off the bat, I said, you know, find out your limiting factor, whether that's food, shelter, or water. Figure out which one of those that you're lacking and improve on that. And then from there, just improve on it. I said, now, if if you're always look to, like, if you really notice that your deer are, like, favoring your neighbor's property, take a look at your neighbor's property and see what they have on their property that yours is lacking and try to mimic that or bring that onto your property. Um, <clears throat> but that's what I always tell them. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm big into food plots, but I'll tell you, like, I am so much more into probably just really improving your native habitat. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to go, Hey, if I go in there and I just plow in a food plot, I'm going to have draw on all the deer. Well, you're going to create a quick food source for them, but you're going to get so much long-term benefit out of like right, going through and doing some timber and... stand. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, hinge, cutting. hinge cutting, hinge cutting, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, like that's what I really suggest. A lot of people just want to go in and plant a food plot, which is you know it makes you feel good because you've planted something yeah. great and beautiful and it's green and you just know it's going to be great deer hunting. But uh, that's not always the case. But that's what I would say is find their, your limiting factor out of those three: food, water, shelter, and then bring that limiting factor, you know, where it's not limiting anymore and I think you'll improve it greatly on that. Then you can kind of go in and kind of micromanage after mm-hmm. that. So do you do a lot of bow hunting? <clears throat> I do. I'm, I do everything. I'm, I don't classify myself as a bow hunter or a gun hunter. I, yeah. Whatever in season, I can get out there and kind of level the playing field. I'm going to do it. I love archery hunting, though, yeah. I'll tell you that. I mean, I killed my biggest buck to date um with my archery equipment this year it was in january i don't know if you guys saw that hunt i'd encourage you guys to go watch it because it's all self-filmed and it's probably the best self-filmed hunt that i've ever done but i killed a he was 148 and 6 8 he had broke off a little bit but on the ground in the ground blind with my archery equipment i chased that dude for months and uh finally literally the last day that i had to hunt i ended up putting him down on the ground and couldn't have been more excited wow what kind of bow are you shooting nowadays <laughs> oh well you know we're kind of sporadic we haven't technically really signed with any bow yeah. uh we kind of worked with Bowtech, you know on and off with the local shop and uh right now it's everybody's got their own pick we went yeah. around the ata show and uh we shot all the bows and i'll tell you uh you know even hoyt's got some new bows this year that we really were impressed with and matthews and so it's it's anything and everything right now on our team. We really haven't kind of needed to pick a certain bow sponsor right yeah, now. We kind of do the same thing, but here, obviously, we get to shoot every bow, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. <laughs> so you can go watch our videos if you want and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I will. Uh, no, I've, well, I've watched some of check your guys' out. actual your podcast, so. Yeah. Cool. So what else do we got here? We have to go to the list. Favorite, most memorable hunt. Besides yeah, your there we go. You know that's that's so tough too. That's always a toughie. Uh, or what's your there's dream? There's a lot hunt? of them. Oh man. <laughs> well, those are a really hard question. So I have to say my favorite all-time hunt. Um, you know, it's just it's always funny because you know you you ran in 
run into people that are either aren't hunters or aren't like mm-hmm. really kind of new into it. And you're you're telling them every single hunter hunting story, and you can remember every detail of every mm-hmm. hunt. And I can I can pick up any antler or any rack that I've ever killed, and I can tell you everything about that hunt. And, yeah. You know, my mom's always impressed because she's like, why don't you write on the back of that what year? Because I was like, I don't need it. I can tell you what year, yeah. where I was hunting, everything <laughs> on it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, probably my most favorite, uh, if I just looked back on it, it would probably be a buck that uh, I named Quasi Buck. And it was kind of the first time that I've, I've been, I've killed some really good bucks in my life. And I've always done really good, like kind of increasing because um, I always kind of, challenge myself each year i'm like you know what? i want to go for a, a bigger buck each year and there's a buck named the quasi buck he had a big hump on his back and that year was the year that i really kind of put a lot of time into passing up younger bucks and i was you know i was younger at the time and waiting for that big buck and he had i had a trail camera photos of that buck throughout the whole summer growing his antlers you know losing his velvet and literally the day before archery season came in in Arkansas, he vanished. And I had trail cameras all over that property. I monitored them, and I passed up, you know, a bunch of 130-plus, which, you know, as a younger guy, it's crazy that I was passing up these bucks all the time, but I knew this buck was in there. And um, finally, after the whole season, we had, uh, I think it was three days left of season. It was like a Christmas hunt. And I went out there with the gun, and, you know, at that point, I'm worn out. You know, I've second-guessed everything that I've ever done. And I was like, well, if I see a good buck today, I'm going to put him down get off the four-wheeler. I take no more than a few steps. I look in a thicket that's about 80 yards from me, and uh, I'm locked on eyes with this buck. And I'm like, man, he's a good buck. <laughs> Throw up my gun. I can see one good one good side. It's eight. And I said, he's going down. And he stood up, and I dropped him in his tracks, and I actually – the one thing I always do is call my dad, and uh, I called him up even as I was walking up to him, like, yeah, I shot a pretty good buck, and as I get up there, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Quasi. It's the Quasi buck. He had, like, been off that property all season, and within the six six hours before I shot that buck, he showed back up on one of my trail cameras, and I shot him. He ended up scoring, like, 150. He was, like, 16 scorable points or something like that, but – you know, it was like my biggest buck at the time, and that's probably the most memorable hunt. Um, as far as like a dream hunt, I've got a lot of dream hunts. You know, probably the one that's right now on my mind is, you know, I want to chase an elk with oh, yeah. with my archery equipment. <laughs> I want to get up there in some kind of mountains, or I don't even care if it's that mountainous. I don't care if it's more arid places, but I want to be up close and personal with those elk bugles. Seven-yard shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, one of those outdoor channel moments, yep. you know, when they're right there bugling in their face yep. and you can smell their breath. That's what I want. Grandpa. Stephen, have you done any uh, mule deer hunting? I haven't. I'm actually going to probably be going on my first mule deer and antelope hunt this year. Very cool. What state? Yeah. Uh, Wyoming. Oh, nice. That's going to be awesome. Nice. That's yeah. A, some beautiful country out there. Yep. We're going to be doing some public land hunting. So, uh, And the guy I'm going with, he's been going out there for years, and he's really successful. And, you know, they don't kill the biggest bucks ever. But I told him, I said, I don't care about that. I've never cared about yeah. score. I want to get a trophy would be me getting my first mule deer or first antelope. Exactly. That's a trophy in itself. So yeah. um, it ought to be pretty cool to – the, I've never been out there to that state, and just looking at the photos that he sent me and stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be just 
too busy looking at the scenery to even be looking for deer, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, Bob and I tried South Dakota a couple years ago, first time, and I recommend you do it now. Like you are, because <laughs> when you're 60 years old, when you're 60, when you're 60 years up old, and down the hills and, and you're the going valleys, up and down the hills, and you realize that you got to pack it out if you do kill it. We you guys didn't realize it. Oh my gosh, what a disaster! Where's the guide? Like, where's the guide? Where's we the truck? Were, we were hunting. Did somebody got this thing. Public land in South Dakota, but I, I will tell you this: they don't act like the whitetails either. Bob did stalk up on one and. We learned a lot about yeah, the we mistakes a lot. we make, but mm-hmm. we found out that you know how like a whitetail will spot you and they'll bolt right away. Mule deer don't do that. Mule deer are curious. They'll stand there and stare at stare you. At you. <laughs> so Bob's staring at it, and it's staring at him. I'm like, shoot, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> he, stole, he stared a little too long. <laughs> we watch, we watch uh, these two guys every morning, and they would take off and literally walk until they disappeared and that that was probably watching them you know glassing them and stuff and that was probably oh four or five miles through the hills and then one day we we talked and and we come to find out that these two two guys are like military special ops guys (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to go with them (laughs) (laughs) yeah Definitely, definitely do some uh, treadmill work before you go out to Wyoming. <laughs> yeah, I've actually, you know, I've I've uh, been doing that, been doing the running and everything because I'm going to be prepared for whatever comes at my way. So. Good deal, good deal. Smart thinking. You're a lot smarter than we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not saying that the treadmill might be put on the back burner before then, but you know, for now, it's it's working out. <laughs> So, uh, so Stephen, tell tell our listeners where they can find out more about your uh, shows and all the stuff that you're doing, and get some good ideas okay. on how to manage their land. Yeah. So, um, Facebook is huge for us. You can just look us up. It's the Hunting Grounds. We come from originally Northwest Arkansas, so we don't say we're hunting. We're going hunting. So it's mm-hmm. no G on the end of anything that we do, except you know at the beginning of grounds. But so you got the Hunting Grounds on Facebook. On Instagram, it's just capital thg tv um and then on youtube youtube you can either type in the hunting grounds or hunting grounds and uh we we're throwing out videos uh at least every week like right now i do a full edited video every week that's out at least every thursday usually about 7 30 p.m on facebook and usually you can catch in the mornings on youtube so they're getting fed content left and right um Every single week right now. That's good. So, Stephen, you've been kind of doing this like we have for a while. i got to ask you the question. You ever have them days where you just want to go out and hunt and leave that camera at home? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, uh, that's a good question because when I go to all these places that I go and hunt is – there are a lot of viewers of the show or just supporters I'm like, Hey man, you know, I've got 200 acres. You want to come hunt? I'm like, heck yeah. Like, I don't care if it's cattle pasture. I'll go hunt with you. And so I'll go out there and hunt with them. And they're like, why don't you just put the camera down today and just go kill it? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I can't like, you would think that's relaxing for you. I said, that would stress me out the entire B-roll, time. B-roll, yeah. B-roll. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the time when the 170 yeah. rolls. Through. The one time you put oh, that camera down. Yep. Yeah. 
And if I killed a deer, oh my gosh, I'd be like, I should have got this I on film. It would have been <laughs> epic, you know? And yeah. No, I just I just have to film everything because I, I get pure, real excitement out of just hunting. Don't get me wrong. I love that. Yeah. But I get so much enjoyment and satisfaction out of capturing a hunt, yep. whether I capture it perfectly or not, and being able to bring it to the viewer and showing them how – you know, I hunt kind of deal, and my failures and successes on it, mm -hmm. and uh, that's that's what I really enjoy. And plus, I like challenging myself. So, yeah, you nailed you it know, right it, on the head. It's a challenge. Yeah, you can you can always like you know I I hunted I've hunted and I've killed a lot of really good deer, and a lot of people say I've killed really really good deer for my area. And you know, I always push myself to kill a bigger deer yeah. and hunt better and smarter and then it got to where i was like okay now i'm good at killing a deer with a rifle now i'm going to get good with a bow and then you get good with the bow and you're like what else can i add okay well Spear. i'm gonna start filming my hunt <laughs> and uh so that's a whole nother challenge in itself that i mean i've been filming for so long that i mean i was before camera arms really came out i was duct taping a tripod to my tree and put my camera mount <laughs> on it and uh, trying to utilize that. So I've been filming for a long time, and it's not done very good for a long time, but I'm pretty good at it now. So. Well, that's cool. Well, we want we want to thank you for joining us. It was a real good conversation, and you got some cool oh, stuff oh, yeah. going here for sure. Oh, I appreciate it. Anything, that, you know, I, I just love talking hunting. I love that you guys are doing this. I love that you guys are kind of a voice and pulling in a lot of information for different viewers, and plus it helps, you know, guys like myself that are, also trying to build their name out there in the industry. So well, like no, you're not general, doing too we bad. We all got to stick together right now, especially now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah you gotta get. Sure. We gotta so get. We, gotta, the, stick we gotta get the youth out there hunting too. You yeah. know. Mm -hmm. get it. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. Definitely. Well, we want to thank everybody for joining us on this episode of the Bowhunter Planet podcast, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.